0: On R2C2, CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco guide listeners through everything going on in the MLB, NBA, and NFL. They also talk to friends, athletes, and celebrities about the world of sports and much more. Check out R2C2 with CC Sabathia and Ryan Rucco on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's the Mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in The Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus plus impressive to select a gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit the slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password, Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscription. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
2: Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Cammer, Kevin O'Conflict, a.k.a. Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizarian, Kevin O'Killian,
1: Kevin! Chris, I am glad that we waited until Tuesday night to record this week, because, oh, (laughs) the game we just watched, what a night. Oh, boy.
2: This is one that will be on, you know, NBA Classics for... Till the end of time. I mean, uh, when you sign up to watch a playoff game, what you expect is not always what gets delivered, um, but this exceeded all expectations. Denver oh wins 147 to 140 uh, in a game five over Portland, which has been a highly competitive series. Double and OT. What? Double <laughs> overtime. And we saw one of the most unbelievable performances. In the history of the NBA, in fact, no one has ever hit more three-pointers in a playoff game uh, than Damian Lillard's 12-for-17. He scored 55 points. He was 17-of-24 from the field, and he lost the game. (laughs) I don't, I I mean, it seems impossible that you could lose a game with that kind of performance. Steph Curry is tweeting about it. Kevin Durant. I mean, it felt like everyone was watching this game that was unbelievably on NBA TV. You know, they put it on NBA TV and there it felt like everyone in the NBA community was watching this game because we knew what we are witnessing is something so insanely special. Um, KD called it a spiritual
1: experience. God-like. <laughs> it, it, yeah. God-like. He yeah, said. it was. He's God mode. <laughs> God mode. I mean, he was. Yes.
2: Look, there are so many things that happened in this game that I felt were huge. And yet, by the end of the game, I was having trouble remembering them. Like, that's how just the so ridic- many. Yes, yeah. it's how ridiculous a guy. Like, how long ago did it seem that Austin Rivers got a phantom foul called on him at the end of regulation? I mean, we got two overtime periods after that. You know, one of the things that I had written down in my notes was Nurkic fouls out, which was just. I mean, it's just insane for him. He has got to know his level of importance to that team. He challenges an Aaron Gordon dunk. Now, in fairness, Gordon did go and miss the free throw, so it did save them a bucket, but it's not worth getting his sixth foul there, and that was with four minutes left to go. And The reason that I wrote that down was because this morning I had seen uh, John Schumann post and again, it's a very small sample size, but I do think it's relevant towards what's happening in the playoffs. He posted all of these numbers about on-court, off-court numbers for different guys. And number one, in terms of the disparity of uh, what his team does on-court, off-court, was actually Dorian Finney-Smith for Dallas. Then it was uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich for Atlanta. And then it was Yusuf Nurkic. For Portland. I mean, it's followed by LeBron James and Damian Lillard. And we talked about how Nurkic is like their defense is absolutely atrocious. And they don't have anybody big except for, you know, uh, Cantor to play. You know, at the end when they're and they tried that for a little bit. They put him in every single screen. Monty Morris is banging threes. Who was all Monty Morris was awesome tonight. He was incredible. Um, incredible. But Nur- 28 fouled,
1: points off the bench. Yeah. Nerk found
2: out with four minutes left in in regulation. The thing ends up going two overtimes. The only guy that scored was Damian Lillard. I think he had their
1: last. 17 points. Uh, I got those stats going back to the last shot in regulation. The three that he hit to tie it up, send it to the first overtime, 20 points on seven of nine shooting (laughs) Damian Lillard in the last second of, of regulation overtime in the double OT all other blazers. Since that moment, Dame tied the game in regulation two points on one of 19 shooting two points on one of 19. Awful. It's it's horrific.
2: You, know, you, And you think about some of those possessions. You've got to missing a dunk. You've got CJ it, stepping way, out of those, bounds. Those
1: dunks, two of them. On the putback, he went for a putback dunk. And then on the other opportunity, he went for a poster slam on the contest by Jokic. Go just listen, watch what the Spurs <laughs> did for 20 years and go for a layup. Or go for a layup in those moments. It was just it like uh, easy for me to say watching from home, that's but right. like, I feel like in a moment like that, I, I think the, the layup was a safer bet, but what yeah.
2: I would have done is just pass the ball to Damian Lillard. Every time <laughs> I, t- every time I would have done, like,
1: I, I feel like this game, all right. First, like also like credit to Denver. I mean, like they overcame oh. the fact Michael Malone was foolish and not falling up three, not once, but twice against one of the greatest. Are you sure it coach- was
2: only twice? <laughs> it, <laughs> it felt
1: like the guy hit oh. game tying shots
2: Dude. five times in that game.
1: Michael Malone is a very good coach, a very good coach who is on a, a many top three coach of the year ballots, not falling up three. I get philosophically in many situations, but not against Damian Loward. The first time, whatever. The second time, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. I'm up three in the end of the first overtime. What are you doing? How are you letting
2: him on an Island get to that step
1: back? What's going you on? Know? And By the way, that step back. Wow. Like the footwork and the balance and the body control and the touch in the guts. To hit that shot in that moment. Damian Lord, what we just saw, 55 points on 17 of 24 shooting, is one of the greatest offensive performances I will ever see in my entire lifetime. One of the greatest clutch performances that we've seen in sports. I mean, I can't think of many great clutch performances and a loss like of this level with the shot making that he had. Just it, It's sad because this Portland team, this is what I've been hammering since before the season. Like this is, I, I get Blazers fans being pissed at me for saying they were comically overrated before the year. Totally understand. Tonight's game is why you have Dame go off for 55 with an all time performance, a game that's going to be replayed over and over for years to come. Cause it was that great. And your team goes two for 19. In overtime, your team can't get stops down the stretch. Your team doesn't have enough support behind him. Your team can only rely on Ennis Cantor, the guy who became a meme because his head coach said on the bench can't play Cantor. I just look at the rest of this roster, C.J. McCollum going seven for 22, 22 stepping out of bounds late in the game. I look at this team and it's like Damian Lillard deserves better. He just does. Like you can't, you can't bet against Dame. You can never count out a team with him because of how special he is. But it's just unfortunate that against a team that just lost their second best player to a torn ACL a little over a month ago, that they're down in a series against them and not pummeling them. Damian Lillard deserves better than the supporting cast that he has.
2: I am just telling you this as a friend. I would I would slow down just a little bit only because of the way this is all playing out. It's not because they could win the series. No, no, because look, they're gonna, I think they will win game six. That's my opinion. They could. Okay. They could win the whole series. And then seven, all bets are off. And then it's feeding into. And we're going to get to all these games, but just much different situations all around. If, if we looked up at either of these teams are in the Western Conference Finals, not a shocker. it's not going to surprise us anymore. Not a shocker. It,
1: it, not a shocker. And it doesn't change my perspective that the supporting cast needs to be better. And like maybe like I'll look silly in the end, but I'll tell you what, if they go far, if they go to the West Finals, if they even go to the NBA Finals, it's because of Damian Lillard.
2: Well, there's no question about that. There's no question about that. I mean, look, there's a lot of uh, rough supporting casts around there that are being pretty exposed by one player being out of the lineup. And I will give Portland credit because they have had big injuries the last couple of years and have been able to withstand them. Um, And and now, look, that was just – there's only been two 50-point, 10 three-pointer performances – in NBA history in the playoffs, they're both him. <laughs> they're both him. And I—I th- I, I, forgive me, God, I wish I knew who, who, who tweeted this out. But it was such a, it, 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 it stuck with me um, as I read it. They said, what would we think of Damian Lillard if Steph Curry never existed? Now maybe Damian Lillard's not playing like Damian Lillard. to Steph Curry never existed? Right? Because of how much the game changed because of those Warriors teams. But you really do you 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 put that in perspective. He he was in the he was in the background, especially of those Curry you know winning the MVP, winning the title, all this kind of stuff. And has it's taken a, a long time for him to get full credit, first team All NBA, that kind the the accolades and everything else. But I mean, he's right there, man. I mean, he's right there with anybody in the league. That is a bona fide superstar.
1: Like Dame, Dame, Dame has a chance to be an all time great. You know, really? we, we we watched in this game two guys that have a chance to be all time great: Stevie and the Lord and Nikola Jokic. Some of the plays that Jokic makes when like Enes Kanter or Jokic are right in his face and he manages with like no space to still launch a three and sink it when he's double teamed in the post. The pass that he looped over the top of the defense to oh. Michael Porter Jr. for the corner three where Robert Covington broke his ankles as he recovered. That pass.
2: Look, Kev, <laughs> to, yeah, your your to your point about, about <laughs> Portland and kind of what's around Dame and not delivering, the truth is this. Oh, it's Monty Morris and it's Austin Rivers hitting monster shots yeah. for the other team. You Morris, know what I'm saying? Morris, like is
1: a, Morris is a really good, but I mean depth those piece, are though, the guys really that are piece.
2: making those shots, yeah. right? Monty Morris, um, he's probably not taking those. He's not taking those shots if Jamal Murray's you know available. Uh, Austin Rivers might not be on the team if Jamal Murray is available, yeah. and and yet these are guys that are. Delivering one of the craziest things. Marcus Howard gave pretty
1: good minutes, too, off the bench.
2: Well, the other thing is, this could have been, and this is the way the playoffs goes, all of that stuff, you know, the the Malone stuff and whatever else, it'll all be forgotten. It just will. Because you won, it all gets forgotten. Exactly. Kevin, they were up eight with Mm -hmm. a minute left in overtime. You are up eight. Eight. This would have been one of the most unbelievable collapse. I mean, up eight with a minute. And Damian Lillard hits that three with a minute to cut it again. Now you're up five with a minute left to go. Who loses that game, right? And they ended up winning the game. So all that goes away. But, I mean, you don't see a lot of eight-point leads get disintegrated in one minute's time and yet Denver uh did have that happen to him. Uh this is this uh, this is so evenly matched. It's such a good series. Oh, and it's, it's I, be- I want it to go seven. Round. I want yeah. to see them both in that situation um against each other uh because you got two you got two guys at peak of powers, you know, between Lillard Jokic and, and Jokic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they really You know, they don't have as good a supporting cast as a lot of their peers. And yet they are dragging their teams to this point to where they're playing so well. And that it's just it's a really good series that 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 every time he would make one of those, that's just very few times do you watch something that's truly jaw dropping. To where everybody's like, oh my God. My phone exploded. I felt like everyone of everybody I know was watching that and we're all in unison going, Oh my God, this is insane. He just can't be
1: stopped. Yeah, it, it was something else, man. I mean, I, I think these are the types of games that, you know, it, it's just special. It really is yep. special just to see these guys perform at this level. Damien lower the shots he hit, Jokic, the plays he made, you know. I, you know i, I you, th- you said earlier that <laughs> like De- denver's bench and portland's bench the lack of a supporting cast like it's true i mean for denver part of it's due to injuries and with portland like it's you know just young guys haven't developed and other guys are like nurkic was out and all that but you know, I, I think you also do get to give some credit to some of the guys on that Denver bench. Like they really played some strong minutes in this game. You know, I, I think Marcus Big response
2: uh, for Porter. I mean, what he had a dreadful game four.
1: My, Michael Porter got going early. They called the first play for him. 10 for 13 on the night. I know. I know. Um, I don't know what his touches the the tracking stats aren't out yet. It seemed like his touches were up. From the first four games in the series. I'm curious to see what the numbers are after the game. But you know, Marcus Howard hitting some big shots, playing some quality minutes for them. Monte Morris, as you said earlier, just remarkable performance for him. Like he's always been Morris since he was at Ohio Iowa State, was always a guy who just was steady. Like he came off the he came off the bench and the NBA immediately could steady in offense. But for him to have big scoring nights, 28 points, and to hit some of the shots that he did, that's over-the-top stuff, man. And like he's capable of it. And you get Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap giving some quality minutes as well. That um, Denver bench, well, they're not necessarily the biggest names, but they, those guys came out big in this time, in this performance. Well, out, I also
2: thought. huge, huge, huge free throws from Morris. I know he missed the one, missed one that yeah. enabled Dame to tie it, but he also <laughs> hit the big ones at the end of the game. Yes. Right? Yep. In the double overtime. He stuck yep. with it. And... He had some big, big threes when they needed it, too. I don't know why the hell C.J. McCollum was going under the screen. I mean, the kid had been shooting fireballs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you going under? Because, of course, every time they saw Enos Kanter out there, Jokic ran straight to the top, set the screen, and it's like, okay. And, and, uh, and the guards just got to try to stay with him because Kanter's not going to – I mean, there's nothing he could do. They ended up just d- abandoning the Kanter thing and playing small –
1: It's tough, man. Like, you know, Terry Stotts, a lot of Blazers fans would want him gone if they lose the series, and understandably so for some, you know, different reasons. The offensive system, you know, that's just the fact you're moving within the flow, not a lot of play calling. Maybe it would be better to have somebody who is more hands-on with play calls, Um, the defensive rotations and whatnot. But, like – you look at the bench and it's like, well, he doesn't have a lot of options here. You know, you have Ennis Kanter as your backup center. Zach Collins has not developed and hasn't stayed healthy. He went to Rondé Hollis Jefferson for nine minutes. And in those nine minutes, the Blazers were a minus 21, a minus 21 in Hollis Jefferson's nine minutes. And he was a guy they signed weeks before the season yep. ended, you know, to give themselves a chance with like a, a small ball. Like we were, you know, we'll talk about Bruce Brown later on when we talk about the Nets and Celtics, that type of guy who can be a short role option for you. But like Hollis Jefferson is in theory a quality player, but hasn't been at many of his stops in the league. So for thoughts it's like, where are the options? Where is the options on the bench? The young guys just haven't developed. Nasir Little is not ready yet. Anthony Simons is not ready yet. Like Zach Collins, like I said earlier, not staying healthy, not ready yet. It's just unfortunate that some of their draft picks that on paper make sense and maybe could turn into quality players years from now, just aren't ready yet for a moment like this on a night like this, when Damian Lillard put up the numbers that he did, it's just unfortunate um, that that this night is going to be remembered in a loss.
2: And one of the good recent moves that they did make was the drafting
1: of Trent jr. But they used that piece to acquire Powell. Yeah. And Powell five for 14 tonight, 13 points. And like Powell's had some great moments. Like don't get us wrong here, but um, I don't think that if
2: they, if they don't, if he gets paid a fortune,
1: Well, yeah, and and that's the thing. Like we, we don't know, like they clearly didn't want to pay Gary Trent to make that deal, but that doesn't mean Norman Powell for sure will stay because there's going to be a heck of a lot of other teams that would love to have Norman Powell on their roster.
2: Oh, for sure. And I, and, and, you know, to read the stories, uh, I think, uh, Norman Powell's representatives think that he's going to be getting, you know, like a $20 million contract, you know what I'm saying?
1: From what I understand, there's a strong possibility of that. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. there's there's guys uh, that 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 shooting guard market. I mean, there's gonna be guys out there that are getting a lot of money. He's a good
1: player, man. Yeah, is a good player. That's why they made the deal. He to yep. me here's 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 what I my, like. We'll have more like breakdowns of the Blazers, like depending on what happened in the series. But my theory is this: if you're the Blazers, it makes sense to have Norman Powell on the roster if you plan to trade CJ McCollum. I don't think keeping all three makes a heck of a lot of sense. That's right. But if, if your plan is to flip McCollum elsewhere, keep Norman Powell, pay him whatever it takes, a Powell-Lillard backcourt because of Powell's defensive ability and his shot-making ability makes a heck of a lot more sense. If you can flip McCollum for a bigger wing or a big or it's like whatever it might be, it just makes sense to me. We'll see what happens. There's a lot more time to discuss theoretical possibilities. But that that just makes it make more sense for me.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Um look, I think we are going to be able to talk uh by our Friday show, I think we're going to be able to talk about a game 7 and how great this is going to oh, yeah. be. Uh that we're going to get one because we'll I see. I would assume Portland will take care of business in 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 a, in a series that's so evenly matched. We'll I think see, man. you know, I, I I would think that they will win game 6 and force a game 7, but look, Denver Denver has flipped the tables on, on teams, you know, the last couple of years. And so it's certainly a possibility they could close them out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscription. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
2: It's crazy. That the game that we all were focused on was the one on NBA TV. Uh, Spiro, <laughs> Spiro Didi's and uh, and, uh, and uh, Greg Anthony on the call for that one because the premiere game was on TNT. Ooh boy! And that game was over in about twenty minutes time. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, like the early A- second quarter. it's like, yeah, time to tune down.
2: out. I mean, look, it came out of the box and Booker is just, I mean, he he's shooting fireballs. He's got what, 18, I think, in the first quarter.
1: Are we sure Devin Booker's good? Are we yeah. sure Devin Booker's not a, a, a bad team, good stats player? Are we sure this what he is?
2: I think we're sure. <laughs> um, and the other guy campaigned. <laughs> Which, you know, everybody loves these kind of stories. Oh, yeah. and Cameron Payne, um, you know, I've talked about this. I talked about this it. It actually years ago now. I can't remember who he was playing for. Maybe it was during the bubble, but can Camp- campaign, he's a Memphis kid, so like i've a I'm very aware of his story. And he went to a small high school, uh, you know, private school here uh, in Memphis. Uh, it was it's actually the same school that Marcus Hall went to. Uh, no less Lausanne and he uh, Kevin I know of kids I had a I had a I had a dad that's one of the like the ones that like loves all the prep basketball and everything he sent me a picture of this amazing fifth grader that he saw tonight in some AAU tournament and I'm like bro what like my now my son is in that grade so it was relevant but yeah. I'm just tell I'm telling you that in in a small town that's a basketball city there's nobody like that comes out of nowhere that you haven't heard of. You're usually aware of who all the best players are by the time they're freshmen in high school, at least by their junior year, you know of them. Cameron Payne just went completely under the radar on the Memphis and national basketball scene and grew a lot from his freshman to whatever year and uh, senior year. And then he gets this, you know. Uh, uh, this uh, uh, recruiting offer at Murray state turns himself into a damn lottery pick there. And everybody's like looking back like what? Like I never even like, you know, you people go and see high school basketball games in a town like Memphis. Right. And any big prospect that's come out. So when Thaddeus young was coming up, the games were packed. When James Wiseman was playing, the games are packed. Like i never even heard of campaign and turns himself into a lottery pick. then. He's out of the league. He's over in China, for goodness sakes. And he (laughs) ends up now 26 years old, I think. And there he is in a massive, pivotal playoff game. 16 points. in the first.
1: Yeah, 16 points in 19 minutes for the whole game. 7-11 shooting.
2: Unbelievable.
1: Shooting shooting from outside, getting to the rim, doing it all. Just a heck of a performance.
2: You want to talk about a, a story of sticking to it. You know, I saw that there was a meme going around about there was one of the quotes uh, from the Bulls when he went there. And it was like this picture of campaign with the quote next to it. I think John Moran tweeted it, actually, because John Moran's a Murray State guy. And it said the quote was, we knew after the second practice he's not an NBA player Uh, and that it's like anonymous Bulls, Mm -hmm. whatever. Now, of course, all those Bulls people are gone. Now, <laughs> or I saw our buddy, uh, Kenny <laughs> chime in with that one. Uh, but all those bulls guys are gone now, but it is just <laughs> Kenny me, yeah, Kenny. Yeah.
1: He's got his new uh, show called game.
2: That's right. It's been pretty good. And, and, uh, the, so all those bulls people are gone, but I mean, the, the cam story is one of total persistence and you have guys like that, just like we talk about rivers or Monty Morris or these are guys they show up in the playoffs yeah, and they make a name for themselves. Uh, this is when the lights are the brightest. And so, you know, obviously we talk a lot about Chris Paul, we talk a lot about Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and how awesome he's been. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And it's, but it's the campaigns of the world that you're not you're not counting on that. And yeah. I don't know what the hell the Lakers are counting on tonight because they just got their ass kicked from the beginning. It was terrible.
1: And I'll tell you what though, with with Phoenix, it's gotten to the point that you sometimes you are counting on it from yep. campaign. Like he has proven himself time and time again this season that this is legit. This is for real. He has spoken at many press conferences about you know his growth and his maturity and how you know going to China and like he that was like a. Wake up moment like this is time to lock in and grow up and work harder and work smarter and the player that he's turned himself into by doing that is really an example of what you put into it and the mindset and approach you take to the game and I think it's admirable and I think it's great to see him perform at the level that he has all season long, especially now in the playoffs against the Lakers being up three two, Chris. The Phoenix Suns just going to win one to advance. All right. What's your confidence level that they get this series over with and end up the, with the win over the Lakers? I'd
2: say six.
1: Six out of ten.
2: Yeah, I'd say six, right? So I'm, I'm going yeah. a little bit above a 50-50 shot, right? I'd say 60% right now because they've got that 3-2 lead. Um, and it might be a little bit higher, Kev, honestly, because I do not. Um, just covering all of these games of teams different iterations of teams and injuries for so many years that groin thing they they call this stuff whatever they want to the groin things like the hamstring thing it is a muscle and muscles don't Mm. heal right you i've seen ankles that when a guy takes off a shoe, it swells up the size of a bowling ball. And you're like, oh my God, he's never. And then they ice it and they <laughs> treat it and they shoot it up and they do all manner of things and they get that swelling down and they've got a pain tolerance that, but you can, you can deal with it, right? Rex the, Ryan's muscle, the muscle thing, you can like massage, you could do your massage treatments and all this kind of stuff, but the, man, it is just. It's like it's you got to heal. And the other thing is this. He said the Achilles thing, too. Like you're just worried about all manner of things. And he wasn't good, by the way, before he went out of that game. And so what percentage do you get? We saw what a debilitated Anthony Davis gave you in the last game. They need the great Anthony Davis in order to beat this Phoenix team now. We do need to monitor the Paul stuff too, right? Because every time we think Paul's healthy, Paul is banged up again, right? Uh, But let me just read you the Lakers starters tonight. LeBron James, nine of 19 for the field, 24 points. Andre Drummond, two of five, seven points. Markeef Morris, one of two, four points. Catavius Caldwell Pope, O of one, zero points. Andy got injured and had to leave the game. Dennis Schroeder, 0 of 9 from the field, 0 of 4 from three, zero points in 25 minutes.
1: Unreal. The client of $21 million contract annually during the season. Oh, that's 35 points. 24
2: of which are LeBron James. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's just impossible.
1: Yeah impossible. Yeah. What was Frank Vogel thinking with this starting five? Like, I'm curious. Was he not (laughs) thinking because you're putting Marquise Morris in there with Andre Drummond when the pretty clear solution. And like, I feel like a lot of Lakers writers, a lot of Lakers fans were like, start your guy, Chris, Marcus all at the five. With LeBron James at the four. I th- I saw that tweeted out by so many Lakers people that I follow the last couple of days. You would not believe it. It's like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Maximize LeBron James with Gasol spacing the floor at the five and start drumming and Morris. Just kind of, kind of odd. It was an odd decision. I was texting with one of my buddies before the game who's a Lakers fan about this. And he's like, I don't know, maybe this will be uh, like inject some energy, you know, with Morris getting in the starting five,
0: oh, God. It's like, but he,
1: but he's like, I don't know about this either. Well, I don't know about it. <laughs> Definitely not after seeing it. Will they go, you know, to a Gasol 80 front court in game six, assuming 80 can be back. Or do they go straight to 80 at the five? Cause if you're a Lakers fan watching these games, you're going to be like enough, enough time to go with either 80 at the five or Gasol at the five. To maximize floor spacing, like it, it's time, it's time to make that change when you're down three two in the series. Uh, look, it's got to be. I,
2: I have never, uh, I've de- never denied the greatness of LeBron James, but not even LeBron James. I could, maybe Frank Vogel was thinking, what is the shittiest lineup I could put with LeBron <laughs> and him still? Well, look, Kevin, uh, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder, Caldwell Pope, Markeith Morris, and Andre Drummond. That is a sixty loss team. No matter who the other guy is,
1: Jeez, yeah. I mean,
2: maybe yeah. LeBron. They don't lose sixty, but the team. I, I mean, think about it. think about those guys. If you take them away from the LeBron hemisphere, and I and I told you next year the whoever just name the team the uh, you know the uh, the the, the, Orlando, the new expansion
1: team the Seattle SuperSonics yeah, the yeah. new expansion team in yeah.
2: Seattle is going to have Dennis Schroeder, Catavius Caldwell-Park. Marky e. Morris and Andre Drummond. At, you're, bad, as,
1: you're bad. against them.
2: <laughs> four of their starters. It, it, dude, it wasn't it wouldn't matter who I told you was the fifth starter. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's just that's terrible. And by the way, um outside of, you know, I mean, KCP was there for it last year, too. I mean, this is the playoffs. This is like Who's won something? That's why like, part of the reason why people talk about Marcus. At least Marcus Saul's won something. You know what I mean? He's been part of winning. Hell, Montrezl Harrell has won something. Caruso has won something. He was at least part of something that won. You know what I mean? Those guys. What are we talking about here?
1: I, I just, I just don't get it. Like I really, I really, <laughs> I really don't get it because like, I just, I don't understand. Like I said, it's not that like the writers are are correct. It's not like the they analysts. It's not like, you know, at Tim underscore NBA, who runs a great website, B-Ball Index. It's not like he's right about everything the Lakers should do, but it just seemed like the logical step to take is to maximize the floor spacing. And, and, and you know what? It might not have made a difference tonight with a different starting five. It might not have made a difference one bit to your point, Chris, because even like inserting Gasol into that conversation, and it's not going to be like a great no. team. It's just not. It, but here's not. the
2: thing: what they did with uh, Chris Paul, he went out there and uh, he said, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, you guard by uh, guarded by Marquise Morris, come set this screen real quick." Bingo. Okay, Bingo. boom. We got a exactly. switch. He literally drove right past him and laid the ball in exactly. with, with with no rim protection, no rim protection. So he just drives in. I mean. You're going to play against the Suns who bop the ball around and Aiton's just kind of do. it. They don't run plays for Aiton. What the hell are you doing with two big oafs in there? You know what I'm saying? Like, he's cleanup guy. The rest of them, Crowder's popping it around. Booker's popping it around. Campaign ball. Miles Br- or, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Miles Bridges. Uh, Mikkel Bridges. And they're throwing car- cross-court passes and whatever. They got you in scramble mode, and your scramble mode it's two big oafs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, what are I, you? You expected get Andre it. Drummond and Marquise Morris to close out?
1: I mean, you got this guys. star-studded coaching staff there. A lot of smart coaches, Crazy. Who, some of which were former players and different levels of basketball. I, I just don't get I don't it, Chris. Know. I don't get it. And, and, like, and like I said, though, it might not have made a difference. Phoenix played tremendous from the opening tip. That team is great. They could make a run here. They could very well beat the Lakers. I picked the Lakers in seven before the series. I'm picking the Suns the rest of the way now.
2: You think you're gonna picking, win? I'm
1: picking, I'm picking the Phoenix Suns the rest of the way now. This team, this team is checking the off the boxes, Chris. DeAndre Ayton, every single game this series has been some of the best basketball that he's ever played in his entire life. And he's played some great games this season for the Phoenix Suns. He had his best game of his life in that game one win that they had this series. Mikkel Bridges, Cameron Johnson, some of these young guys on this team checking the boxes. Role players, Jay Crowder. They're up in the series, despite him starting over a hundred to start the series three for nine tonight. If he gives them a good game in a game six or a game seven, they very well could get away with this. This team is checking all the boxes.
2: When I was talking earlier and I was giving you those numbers, uh, that uh, that John Schumann had put out those uh, on-off court, and, and I listed all the way down to, I believe, yeah. LeBron and Lillard uh, were the guys. So I went through that list just to look at it because Nurkic was so incredibly high, as was Dorian, Finney-Smith, Bogdanovich. Um, Crowder's right there. Crowder was on the list. I mean, this, this, this is the entire list. Finney-Smith, Bogdanovich, Nurkic, LeBron, Damian Lillard, Joe Harris, Crowder, Drew Holiday, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic. I mean it's crazy to see the mm. name in there, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't and he's over a million. He makes a three like once a year it feels like right recently. And yet you see how vital he is on off-court numbers they have been outstanding with Crowder on the floor. Um and he is a, you know, for, for, for as many shots as he misses sometimes, he is a role player that does keep the ball moving. He he doesn't make defensive mistakes. He rarely is um taking some ridiculous shot. He's got to make open threes. Like that's what, it's not like he's taking a million contested ones. And you wish he would stop at some point. But hell, they win when Jay Crowder's on the floor.
1: For sure, he's a good player. And one other amazing stat here uh, via StatMuse, Schroeder is the first Laker to go scoreless in a playoff game while attempting nine-plus shots since the Lakers moved from Minneapolis to Los Angeles in 1960. Since 1960, the first time. That's wild.
2: It's never happened.
1: Not since 1960, according to StatMuse. First Lakers to go scoreless, attempting nine or more shots. That's remarkable. The Lakers have been to, I don't know how many playoffs since then. History. A lot. <laughs> a history. lot. That's yeah.
2: historic. Yeah, that's, <laughs> we saw that's a insane. historic performance. Maybe, well, let's just frame it in the positive. Tonight, we saw a historic performance by Dennis Schroeder. Something we've never seen. And in fact, Unreal. something your father never even saw. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh
2: God. Over for nine from the field. Like uh, those guys did not exactly uh come along with uh with LeBron James <laughs> there for the fight. And Unreal. again, they gotta have good, great Chris Paul. They did.
1: Got yeah, and I mean, unless AD doesn't play again, we'll see.
2: The Lakers without Anthony Davis just looked.
1: <laughs> um, they, they looked they looked off defensively it seemed it, to me it seemed like the regular season lakers defense was great without ad and without LeBron. they still were awesome but the playoffs it felt to me watching the game that the suns came prepared to expose every hole and get to the basket get layups create kickout opportunities for threes or attack closeouts with a rotating defense it just seemed to me the suns were prepared to expose them and that's what the playoffs do yeah,
2: uh, unbelievable performance from Booker with the 30 points and all, all around. I mean, they just, you know, that was a that was a team that really, really, really played as a team. And you see how vital, you know, Davis is. And I just I would really question if the, if there's any chance he, there is no chance he's going to be 100 no percent. No, it's just how good can you be not 100 percent? And yep. at least the evidence suggested in the last game, he wasn't good at all. You know, it wasn't it, w- it. wasn't pretty when he was in the game. Uh, before he ended up going out, and that stuff does not heal uh, easy. And so they're in trouble, Ben.
1: They are in big, big trouble. And big you time. think you think the Suns are going to take care of it? I, I think the Suns are going to win the series. Damn! Damn. And like I it's said, so- I think the, sounds to I think- me
2: like you're taking LeBron James for granted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll never, I'll never take LeBron for granted <laughs> or, or anything for that matter. Uh, Every day needs to be charged. <laughs> yeah. We have
2: a, uh, well, look, that is not one that we all, we all bemoaned the fact that damn man, after all these years, the sons get there, they get that second seed. I'm just not rel- willing to put a stake in, lebron until it's oh, over over dude, you know what i mean this guy trust, trust me
1: i'm not saying that with full confidence because you have it's like we talked about with portland denver i'd pick denver to win the rest of the series i picked them before the series but they have damian Lillard on that side in this case lebron james is on the other side right i mean like you it's hard to pick against those guys
2: he right now is not the lebron that's going to get you not. 38, 19, and 12, right? And like
1: and, and, unless he turns into that guy. No. But so he,
2: he can turn no, that. Into guy's that guy's not guy. gonna be there this year.
1: Maybe not. He's not. We'll He's find not. out. We'll find out next game. Like I mean, Thursday night, we're gonna find out if LeBron can turn into that LeBron.
2: If that guy was available, I think he would have showed a little more tonight. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean like he conceivably if you weren't down Thirty-five hundred points in the second quarter. God. Maybe in the second half he could have turned that on. But l- like I said, I think it's on the coaching staff to maximize LeBron, put Marcus in the starting lineup if AD doesn't play, or just have AD at the five if AD can play. Maximize floor spacing for LeBron James and optimize what he can be. Like you need you need to lean on LeBron and make the most of LeBron. Like, this needs to be like a heliocentric game where you're playing through him every single possession. Like, there's nothing else you can do. He he needs to be that version of LeBron James. And like you said, through five games, it doesn't look like you can rely on that version of LeBron being there. But we know from seeing LeBron ever since I've been 13 years old in 2003 when he got drafted, like ever since I've been a little kid, this guy has always had the ability to turn it on. Can he do it Thursday night? I look forward to watching that game and finding out.
2: I mean, otherwise it would be pretty unbelievable for a team, for them to (laughs) get knocked out on their home floor by the Phoenix Suns. I mean, (laughs) could you imagine if I would have told you that before the season? If I'd have told you before the season, LeBron James and the Lakers season is going to (laughs) be on the line well, first of all, I would have said, why are they playing a home game six? Like, oh, what, yeah, yeah. what happened here? Yeah, what happened right? with the
1: schedule? Is this and like then sc- I would have said, how the hell
2: are they playing the Suns? <laughs> like, mm. how? But here we are, right? Yep, and here, it meant for are, insane entertainment. Hey, um,
1: hey, also to the Suns fans, yeah. just enjoy this series no matter what oh, happens. Em- em- embrace every moment of this. This is oh, special. Yeah. Enjoy, this it. Is, yeah, I enjoy can, it. I
2: cannot fathom being in that arena tonight as they are just Ugh. bombing out the I lane. I mean, They can't stop <laughs> making each other. It's like 40 to 13 or something. Mm-hmm. People are going crazy. Campaigns banged <laughs> down shots. It's like uh, let's go. I can't uh, wait
1: for game six. Thursday no. night's going to be awesome dude. It's going to be really, <laughs> really, be great. really good.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades, like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more.
1: Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas.
2: All right, kid, we got to talk about the other games that went on, including the Boston Celtics being done. They are gone fishing, as they say on TNT, as the Brooklyn Nets disposed of them 123 to 109. One of the things that dawned on me as I was watching that game was I'm not so sure that when we come back for the next NBA season that Jason Tatum is not the only remaining starter from the lineup that played in a playoff game, right? I mean, you've got Jason. What they started tonight was Tatum, Fournier, Langford, Smart, Thompson. It would not be shocking at all if Tatum is the only starter on opening night when they announced their starting lineup that Tatum's the only guy. And he is the one positive from what was a rather dismal series. He was there for it. You know, um, he performed at an insanely high level, including tonight, but he doesn't have his running buddy, Jalen Brown, and they were just wildly overmatched.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets dismantled them front to back in this series, except for the one game Boston won. And like you said, that's because of Tatum and the mm-hmm. performance that he put on and their lone win in this series. And, you know, I think for. Any Celtics fan thinking about this season, we've talked about it a bunch this past month, Chris, and I'd reiterate it again. This season has been a nightmare, a disappointment. It's been underwhelming. And yet, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown got much better. Their younger guys, Robert Williams, Peyton Pritchard, they got better. So there's some silver linings in the season for the Celtics, and when you have Tatum and Brown performing at the level that they are, There's plenty of reason to feel optimism for the future. With that said, though, a lot of work to be done in Boston to get it right around these guys, because it is clear the Brooklyn Nets and the team that they're about to face in the Milwaukee Bucks are just on another level. And dude, this series Bucks Nets, it could be the series of the playoffs. I'm so stoked for it.
2: And it's pretty wild because it's been like a week we kind of knew it's a matter of time and yeah. the bucks disposed of the Miami Heat and so it was like a matter of time but we were able to look ahead and start thinking about that series and so i was trying to watch these games against Boston these last couple of games thinking about that bucks series and especially what kind of different lineups might be used against the bucks and I got to tell you there was there was a moment tonight where I was watching and before they did the acquisitions of Blake Griffin and uh and LaMarcus Aldridge uh who ended up having to retire you know we had really fallen in love with the brown kid Bruce Brown and oh yeah love him I, I there is part of me when I watch them and I go I don't care if he's smaller like this guy is just it I He is a great fit to do what they need him to do. The question is, so as I'm watching it, I'm thinking that, but again, that's against the Celtics. That's not against a team that's got Giannis. That's not against a team that's got Middleton. That's not against a team that's got Brook Lopez uh, that they might use, right? Some real, legit, big guys on that team. And so he might be the best in terms of and and, and so as I was thinking, can they go small? Like, can they play it small and just play that way? Obviously, you'd play Lopez off the court and then just try to match up all around uh, with the Brown thing because it they feel they feel like they're more because he's just a constant passer. It feels like there's more like. They care if Blake Griffin scores. That's how it feels to me. How about that? That's, that's the best way for me to say it. It feels like they care if Blake Griffin scores. Like they're setting Blake Griffin up. Nobody cares if Brown scores. He's just like doing everything else. You know, just being your consummate role player. And you got you got stars, but he's doing dirty work, right? And I yeah. know Blake can do some dirty work, but Blake still, he's you know he is he's uh, fit into this role. But it does feel still feel like when he sets a screen like, hey, you better look to get him the ball or they, they are looking to get him the ball as he rolls to the basket. Whereas nobody, nobody cares if Brown touches the ball
1: with Bruce Brown. He plays bigger than his body. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love watching that guy play the heart that he plays with. You know, he has the ability to do the heavier things. For that team, he can defend some bigger guys, he can defend some smaller guys, and that's what I'm so looking forward to in the series against the Bucks. And we'll have a lot more time on Friday's show, which we're going to be recording on Thursday night, so that'll be in your feeds Friday morning or late Thursday or wherever you are somewhere in the world uh, listening to the show, because uh, the series starts on Saturday. That'll be game one on this Saturday, so uh, we'll have a lot more time to talk about it then. But yeah, man, like I think just my initial thought you know about this series is similar to the bruce brown like the nets they switch so many screens bruce brown he was kind of like one of the faces of their versatility the bucks this playoffs in the first round against the heat they switched 18 percent of their pick and rolls uh against the miami heat last season and throughout the entire postseason only seven percent dribble handoffs they switched 26 percent of handoffs run by the miami heat in the first round last postseason only five percent total the entire playoffs so the Bucks. We talked about it throughout the year. They've changed their defense. It worked against the Miami Heat. How will it work against the toughest test of them all in terms of offensive production in the entire league? In the Brooklyn Nets, I'm stoked. I can't wait to do more research over the course of the week for our Friday show to talk about more about with this series. But um, man, uh, like more than it's just gonna be fun. It's just gonna be fun more than anything else. You
2: know, I I view this as kind of a good versus evil in a couple of different ways. Not that Brooklyn is evil, but... As you should. It's, it's the homegrown small market team that did it through trades. They they're they're the one free agent they were going to get flopped. Guys. Yeah, yep. they draft they yep. drafted these guys. They built it organically. They mm-hmm. you know Chris Middleton was once a throw into a trade, right? With the they just
1: since many moons ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: and 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 they built that, and their star stayed when he could have gone anywhere else, right? Instead, he signed up for the long haul there. And meanwhile, you have three guys that could theoretically be the best players on their teams. And instead of having their own team, <laughs> just decided to all pile together in order to create a, a super team, as it were. And the other thing is, you watch those two teams and one of them shares the ball and plays this team basketball in a much different way where they've got to do it as a collective than their opponent. Right. You you might be lucky to see a two pass possession if you're Brooklyn. You might also see a six pass possession, you know, for Milwaukee with the way they uh, they pop the ball around. And so the way they play basketball, the way they were built, all of that stuff. And I want to believe that In the case that if they were able to beat Brooklyn, that maybe it does, at least in some ways, bolster guys to believe I don't have to go and team up with other superstars in order to achieve the success that I want to. Because there is a feeling of if you're up against that, I can see how there is a feeling of despair. Right. That like, I, like this is what I'm like. You're either going to get with it or you're not. Cause there's, there's always going to be guys that are trying to get together and, and to play together. And obviously Durant and Kyrie, you know, wanted to go together as a unit, which they did. And then James Harden was able to force his way to his handpicked team. That's where he wanted to go. And he was able to, to make that happen. And so I don't know, I don't, uh, it's my opinion, that's not good for the league overall, if that, if that takes place, right? You don't want stars in markets being able to say, hey, I want to go there. I know you signed me up for this, you know, massive financial commitment, but I want to go play with my friends on this team and go start that up. And I mean, it'll be, it's good for a couple of teams, but the league as a whole, I'm not so sure that that's the case, and so I, I you know, I, I I'm not, I, I, I'm not having to make this up. I really do feel in a lot of ways, Milwaukee exemplifies so much good about the NBA, and Brooklyn is, you know, I mean, and God, I want to believe that you have to play together. You know, <laughs> I want to believe that you have to like play together and unless, you're, unless you're the Utah Jazz and then F U. if you're the uh, Utah
1: Jazz and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and all yeah. those guys then if you're Chris Vernon it's F U to them but that's no. a different situation
2: no, I respect the Utah Jazz. I like the way. Uh, look, I don't have any problem. They oh, they, yeah. they play the right way and oh, yeah. they build up the totally. right way. Don't don't bring you, th- I don't yeah. want to talk yeah. about totally. Utah. Totally, okay. I do not want to talk I, about the I, Jazz. Chris, <laughs> <great.
1: laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, like I, I know, like as you know, you respect that. It's just you know the Go Bear style that we talk about. But anyway, like to your point though, you mentioned how the Nets are like the evil side. I feel like you can look at them in two different ways. Yes, they, they signed Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They traded for James Harden. This team is a super team with these, all these guys. Easy to hate, easy to look at and say, I don't want to root for that team. But like on the flip side, you can look at this as a team that botched the first time they tried going for this by trading for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, trading away their entire future, killing the organization. Trying to build up from the bottom. And they did. And then in the 2018-19 season, they had a fun team that made the playoffs. Kenny Atkinson, a head coach, Joe Harris, Karis Levert, Spencer Didwitty. And they sacrificed all of them. All of it. (laughs) All of it. Yep. So and and that's that's like where the weird part is. They 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 sacrificed it, Chris, but that team and what they built up towards is what made the organization at least appealing enough for Durant and Kyrie Irving to choose. So, like, it's both, I think, are true in their own respective ways. Uh, I tend to lean towards the fact that if we're talking about the Brooklyn Nets, it's more fun to look at them as a villain. It's more fun to look at them as the evil team. It's more fun to look at it in that sense of battle of a small market team building organically versus a team that ultimately did it the right way But then went fast. It's just funner that way. So like I'm with I'm with you ultimately, Chris, that it's funner to look at it like that. But like Brooklyn did do it the right way. And then it just got to the point that quickly. Good can turn to evil. That's
2: right. They did turn to evil. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for that series. It's going to be unbelievable. I that, oh, that yeah. is, that's going to be an incredible treat. Um, I'm so let's get to that. the games that are going on tonight because we do have uh, four that are going on. Uh, four
1: games. Wow. Yeah,
2: Sixers Wizards. Um, that's a three-one lead right now. I I think we fully expect uh, you know the Sixers to close the door.
1: We do for sure, but. You got to admit, it's a little bit concerning that Embiid has a knee injury. That's true. And then you got Ben Simmons who can't hit his free throws. And you have Doc Rivers who, for whatever reason, why are you inbounding the ball to yeah. Ben Simmons and letting them intentional foul? Maybe that's part of the reason. Have free throws, get into half court offense. I get the reasoning, but I would have been curious to see if things could have worked out a little bit better with more Simmons as a screener. But, but you know, I we we'll
2: Look. It, it, you don't think that it's a fair trade off that the Sixers have lost Embiid for Game Five, but the Wizards have lost um, Bertrand. <laughs> you don't think that's a fair trade off? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, What yeah, are you laughing yeah, I mean, about? Now, I mean, now I she's, say she's, it that way. seems reasonable. Right? Yeah, okay, you're of, you're down kind of your
2: you're down your star. We're down our star. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, boy, though, like, no, in all seriousness, though, like, hopefully, and can get healthy, and I, I'm probably overreacting to the decision by Doc there. I think there's some logic to it, yeah. but I just, I just, it's just, it's more concerning that you're put in that situation with Ben Simmons being, having an inability to hit his free throws, and I just wonder, will we see Hakka Simmons yeah. again in the playoffs? Of course you will. Will we see it again? Yes, because if he's hitting if he's hitting sixty one percent of his free throws, you might not. But if he's hitting sub fifty percent, like he has this series, oh, you one hundred percent will. Like he got himself, he's got to get himself right quickly. Whatever's going on. Well, look, I,
2: it's not shocking that a team with with Westbrook and Beal could win a game, right? Oh, yeah, and not and, and they might could they might could pull off. The Game five, if Embiid's not there, it's possible. Um, Definitely. and then that would put a little pressure. I'm, I'm, I'm more you get, concerned. You could
1: get one of those Russ 45 in like on yeah. 24 shots, like an efficient Russ game. You could get that, it's possible.
2: Uh, I will say this it's much more concerning looking forward. Oh, yeah, than it is Definitely. for this particular series. The Sixers are going to get through this. I, I don't know if they could knock off the the Hawks without without Embiid.
1: a mean, exactly, and, and like it gets really interesting. And fast. then you are like, holy yeah. crap!
2: Could the Hawks yeah. be in the East Finals? Oh like, I mean, it's not out
1: of the realm of no, possibility, but it's not. The Hawks are playing well, man. They've been playing well for a long time too.
2: They've got to go win in New York. Um, mm.
0: Oh you boy! Know?
1: And you see look. that Clint Capella trash talk today.
2: I did not. What did he say? Oh, good grief. What now?
1: So he was talking about how you know the Knicks are trying to push them around, be tough and all that. And then he goes into this little quote right here. We can be physical, but we can win games as well. Now you're coming to our home to win this game. We'll send you on vacation. What? <laughs> Oh, good! Great. We'll send you on vacation. He's really feeling that's himself. A, that's huh? A, that's that's a great line if they win the game. It it's is look bad if they lose it. But um, yeah, this this Atlanta team is uh, they're playing at a high level right now, dude. Well, really it's really like a,
2: a look two things. The Knicks thing has been intensely fun. Um, you know, the whole season, the fact that the Knicks are relevant again, the fact that they got the seed that they did. And and now the reality has been, when you look through, and Trey Young has performed at a star level for the Hawks, and Bogdanovich has been absolutely awesome. They've gotten Collins going uh, a little bit, uh, and they've got guys that are contributing. And on the other side, when you look at the Knicks, their best player has been Derrick Rose. And it like, this isn't 2011. It's 2021. Like, you can't. I love Derek. Your best player can't be Derek Rose, right? And, and that has been the case. Your third leading scorer has been Alec Burks. I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, because you don't have Julius Randle's field goal percentage is 27%. It's your be- this guy's going to make all NBA. He's 27% from the field. That is unconscionable. Like I I've never even heard of that happening. That's they, they, there's no way. There's no way someone that has made an all NBA team has I I would be surprised if anybody shot under uh, 40%, much less under 30% from the field at a volume and it's just like, that's like, it is what it is, right? Your best player has has shot 27% from the field. He has shot 33% from three uh, in this series and your best and your, and, and, and the guy who has been your best player is a guy that, you know, you acquired midway through the season who is a, a, a veteran backup point guard or so you yeah. thought he has played better than that, but,
1: you know, I, I don't I don't know like what the answers are here either for the Knicks because, you know, well, first of all, I think they can try to attack Trey Young more. You know, like they are having Bullock come on and set on ball screens, but they're not really attacking Trey to force a switch. Like they're allowing Trey to recover back. And like they haven't many times this series, according to the second spectrum, there's only been six instances in which they've had Trey Young, is the guy that he's defending, come and set a screen for Julius Randle. And in those plays, like watching them back, Randle's not attacking at the moment of the screen. I, I, I just, I'd like to see that switch and see what happens. It might not work. It might not make a difference. You know, Atlanta could have something else that they tried doing. We, they could pull a page from the book of what the Celtics did back in the playoffs with Isaiah Thomas by having him switch. On ball when they start trying to set the screen, we could see a counter attack. But I just like to see the Knicks do something a little bit different with Trey. Like you got to attack him more. But with that said, like Julius Randle has not looked good this series, Chris. Like even if he do do something else, did like they, how like how they? confident can how confident can you feel that he's gonna be that most improved player of the year, like are you losing a little faith in this series or where are you at with what
2: he's doing? I, uh, yes. I'm, I'm losing faith because here's the thing. The reason I thought the Knicks could win this series and I would not be shocked at all if they win game five. Right. Um
1: oh, yeah. In, Tough uh, team, man.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, but because they could make Atlanta uncomfortable, they are a team that could force Atlanta to play a lot of half court basketball. Right. Yeah. You run a play. We run a play. But guess what? You can't force a team. You can't be physical and force a team to play half-court mm-hmm. basketball when you can't score. <laughs> if your best player is shooting 27%, I don't get to keep you out of transition. You get my long <laughs> rebound and you go. And this is where that's a team that can you know pace and space you. They can play that. They, they play that. What you want to do with a team like that is to drag them into the mud And make them uncomfortable. But if you can't score yourself, now all of a sudden, they're going to be able to, you know, those guys get out in space. They got a lot of guys that can create off the bounce, and they got a lot of guys that can knock down shots.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, that that Atlanta team, like, you know, I'll tell you this. I picked the Knicks, I believe, to win the series. And looking like I'll be wrong there, I think I underrated what the Hawks were. In what they could be in a postseason setting when they're really locking in and focusing and game planning on one opponent. And like the level of talent that they have, it just looks so much more significant on the court. It just is a more talented team. This Knicks team, great regular season, and no matter what happens, like tonight or the rest of the series, it's a successful year. It is, you know, it's a successful year still. Um, but, But this Atlanta team, it's more successful for them. It just is like the level of improvement over the course of the season, digging their their self out of a ditch and then making the postseason and possibly winning around one, the development they've gotten from so many of their young guys. This Hawks team is really on the up and up. I think it's time to recognize that and recognize how tremendous of a player Trey young is. He has not so far in round one, been somebody who's a liability on defense and he is lifting this team by playing on the ball and off the ball and offense. He And he's special.
2: No, he has been absolutely outstanding, and you know a guy that fit in amongst. They went and got good players to surround him, and he has fit right in. Right, he has fit right in, and has continued to be insanely productive. You know, it, it, it's it's a lot like what you were talking about, and you referenced it earlier, which is not always the case with with, with players that they. They can adapt, and once the team gets good, they can still be uh, a guy that can produce at a very, very high level. And, and you reference it with Booker, right? It was something that befell him early in his career. Like, are you right? Right? Like, are are you a guy that you know? Yeah, you're putting up all these numbers, and that's awesome. But in a winning context, you're not going to put those kind of numbers up, right? Like that's. It, th- that stuff's not adding up to winning. And so, the, but the truly great ones, what you find out is there's a lot of guys that do fall by the wayside. What you find is their numbers were that was because they played on rat teams and they were able, somebody's got to score every single night, right? But when they are within the winning context, they can't perform like that. Um, both those kids have absolutely proven they can perform like that. And in fact, in many cases, are enhanced because now they got somebody to pass to. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know what I mean, yep. right? Yep. I mean, it makes makes their life a little bit easier. <laughs> um, yeah, he he. I, I hope I hope it does go six. I'd love to see a six game.
1: In Atlanta, seven. I'd love, to see, a seven. I'd love to, to see seven. See I, I'm I'm just, I'd love to see either.
2: <laughs> uh, maybe Julius Randle could make some shots. You know what I mean? Mm, um, yeah, we'll see. We have game five of the jazz and the grizzlies obviously i was at the last of these two games and you know i tweeted out after the game uh on monday night you know this is and i've seen this a lot before it's you're too young you know and it's like these games they come down to one or two possessions you know if you if you if you can if you could play with the other team and you've got all the moxie and you've got the talent and you've got the you know, um, the confidence, all that kind of stuff, brashness, whatever you want to say. But when it comes down to the last couple of possessions of a game, and it's exactly what happened, right? Like, it, th- this is what ends up flipping a series. You got the whole crowd on your side. It's a four point game. John Morant goes in the lane. It's a turnover. They come back the other way. Conley buries a three because that's what a team like the Jazz does. Come back down, Morant because he's young, tries to get a three up so that he can get it back for making the mistake he just made. These are things you don't do as you become a veteran. They come back down. Bogdanovich hits a three in the corner. Four goes to 10. It's literally two possessions that you know can flip these things, right? If you get a three, if Morant goes in the lane, and he throws it out to Grayson Allen, he hits a three, and it's a one-point game, maybe it's a different world. But that's why they win 52 games. That's why they're the number one seed, and I have after getting to see them up close and personal, you know, and I've seen them now several times this year. Um, they remind me so much of the old timey Spurs; they really do.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, I, know, I know what a, you mean. Yeah. Much more yeah. so the, the, than other teams. The efficiency
1: teams. and the, like how crisp they are.
2: Yeah, it, the ability to share the ball and pass to get the better shot. The other thing is the difficulty you have getting on a run against them, that they constantly make timely shots in order to make your run stop. Right. You're not going on typically all of these games. It's like a 12 to two run or in the case of the suns tonight, a 24 to one run they had against the Lakers. Like you'd see run, you see double digit runs all the time in the NBA. You do not see that much at least um against the Jazz because they've got that old Spurs thing and it's unsurprising cuz Quinn did come from Popovich, right? That they they hit timely shots, they got an awesome backcourt and they've got a star star in Mitchell who knows exactly he, what special. he wants to do and where he wants to go. You know, I mean, I sit there and I go Man, I can't imagine the decision, you know, how different it's going to be when I look up at three years for, for Ja, And that's going to be what Mitchell is now. But just like Mitchell, Morant's got to take his lumps and make the mistakes, you know, and wish you had him back. Um, but they have been, I, I will tell you, the Grizzlies have been more competitive than I think any of us would have oh, yeah. imagined, right? there, no They've made... They have made a really good team beat them, right? Um, which has been promising. And
1: they're then not getting I, run over. They're not no. getting pummeled. And no. they they also seem like a prepared team. Yeah. Well, but the they're other executing thing is, at a high level. And that's also a credit to the coaching staff. There I would have like told you going
2: into this, I would, and, and also just the way it's played out, I would have thought that the Grizzlies would have a bad, a really hard time scoring. And they, have not, they haven't They haven't lost yeah. because of their offense. They've lost because they give up all-star game yes. level scores. Do they, you know that I, I the Jazz shot 49% from
1: three? 49!
2: I mean, you're not beating that team yeah. if they shoot 49% from three.
1: And the stat to back that up is this, Chris. So, I know the other day you got like a little Twitter riff with some like yeah. fans when you criticize a stat somebody put up, which I mean, beats me, Chris. If you saw, like, it was a good stat. This this stat is in that same spirit, okay? Okay. When John Morant is on the floor and Rudy Gobert is also on the floor, the Grizzlies get outscored by 15 points per 100 possessions. And that's because of their defensive rating, like, 131 points per 100 possessions they give up. When Jaws on the floor and Rudy Gobert's off the floor, the Grizzlies outscore Utah by three points per one or possessions. And their defense is really good in those situations. Their offense is slightly better too because Gobert's not on the floor, but it's their defense that's been the difference. Like you said, they're not losing this game because they can't put points in the Jazz. The Grizzlies have done a pretty good job at scoring with or without Gobert. It's the defense, and that's a credit to the jazz offense. And that's why this team, they have a real legit shot to get to the finals. Chris, that offense is better than people give it credit for. This isn't the Utah of past years. This is a potent high scoring offense. And it has been all season long, regardless of the level of opponent they're against. And they could very well go all the way. I mean, do you feel the same watching this team in your building or do you still doubt them compared to some of the other favorites that are out there?
2: I think that the drop, Again, you can, we could do the defensive analytics stuff if we want to. I think the drop coverage thing is is going to hurt.
1: So I think watch, at some point it hurts him. Oh, I know it will. I'm watching is. John
2: Moran average 35 points a game. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm watching but, Dylan Brooks. These guys are not playing to their average. I mean, Jamal, Jamal Murray averaged 75 points a game last year against them. I mean, it's just hard to play that way, Kev. It is.
1: You know, Chris, like, Ja is shooting 43% from the floor when Gobert is on the floor. So he's been worse, like he's shooting 60% when Gobert is off the floor. So like there's a big difference there. But to your point though, like this it's not just Gobert with this Jazz defense and Ja is not necessarily the type of three-point shooter that you're talking about that could be a problem for this Gobert drop coverage. Ja still is getting buckets. He's still averaging over 20 points. He's still creating against one of the best defenses in the league. It's about more than Gobert. It's not just Gobert that makes this defense really good. And Ja is still putting up numbers. Like you have to be coming away from this feeling really, really good about Ja, where he's at now and what he can be in the future.
2: But Kevin, when Ja is on the floor with the start, that's what I was telling this guy the other day. I when know. he's this on is, the court with what... <laughs> the starters. He's playing 40-something minutes. The, I know. The, the Grizzlies bench didn't could not score against the Pistons with Wayne Ellington and Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, but that's but, not because Rudy Gobert's on the floor. It's because they can't score against anybody. And he's on the floor with both the bench and the starters. And when he's on the floor with the starters, the starters aren't having a problem, Kevin. They're not having a problem scoring when he's out there with the starters. The problem is when the bench comes in, the Valanchunas-Morant offensive rating was 120. That's what I quoted. I mean, of course, it's harder for John ja Morant when he's out there without a center that has no, that, to be worried and, about, and, right? And, like, I mean, and
1: by, and by the way, Valanchunas is dang good. No, dude. he is like, good. He, he's way underrated, I think, na- nationally right now. He's a really good center. That's all I was
2: saying. When a center is on the floor, if you just let the guy stand in front of the basket without anything to worry about, then you've got a problem on your hands. But I'm watching these games. It's not as if there is some massive deterrent from him being able to score. He's, so, he's doubling his averages, for God's sakes. Curry might average 65 points a game against that because <laughs> he can shoot. Josh shooting 25% from three, by the way, <laughs> and it went down last night. So what's the number now? Less than 20? He's
1: shooting less than 20% from three and 59% from the field? And that, that's the interesting thing is in those 55 minutes, um, Jaw is four of seven from three during that stretch.
2: <laughs> interesting. Uh, well, <laughs> we need him to shoot more when Bears in the game, I guess. I don't know. Um, I just think that guards have an easy time with that because if you can set that screen up top, now, all of a sudden, if he's not going to come all the way out there, your guard is either given a runway or can knock down threes. And so, in Jaws' case, it's given a runway. That's why I say if Curry was playing against that, boy, I don't know what you'd do. Seriously, I, I, I guess you'd have to blitz with somebody else. But I mean, I just think Draymond coming out and setting that screen. Yeah, I mean, you saw what Murray did last year. And so, the thing will be, you know, if we assume it's the Clippers. Can they make you pay for it? They were a great three-point shooting team throughout the year. Um, and this is no disrespect to the Jazz. The Jazz, in their own right, are outstanding. Um, really good team. I think most of these teams, honestly, what we've come to find out, most of these teams, there is not that big of a difference. In the East, there is. In the West, I really don't think there is. You know, these games are coming down to a couple of possessions, you know, in every series. Honestly, every series, nobody's bombing anybody out in the East. There's those three at the top that are significantly sure. better than the rest of the teams in the West. I mean, I do think it's going to come down to the end of, I I, I don't think that anybody's going to wipe out the jazz. And I don't think the jazz are going to wipe anybody out.
1: They're, they're going to be great series. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: there's not, a, there's not big separations. Between these teams. But what they have is they've got the reps, you know? Uh,
1: do um, you, I will say this, though. Do you feel in the Dallas-LA Clippers series that separation is happening before our eyes? And I'm saying this after our conversation last Friday. We need episode, to apologize. When we, when we, we ripped did. the Clippers, how the no, tables we have turned. <laughs> I'm,
2: I, I'll lead the way. I apologize. I apologize to Ty Lue. I apologize to Kawhi Leonard. I don't apologize to Clippers fans. I don't care about them. But I I do apologize what? to those individuals that I might have hurt. I hope I inspired you. Um well, look, I'm not gonna take all of it back because you were stupider than hell in the first two games. But when I what? when I goofed about Ty Lu saying, oh yeah, they shot that way here, let them shoot that way at home, like. I don't i I'm sorry, I goofed on you, man, because the truth was those were super outlier shooting performances. they were, and it just so happened. it happened twice in l a and there has been a severe regression to the mean, and you've got a banged up Luca right now and he does not look right no. He doesn't look it's right. He, you know, he throws that cross-court cross court pass and he tried to do that in that last game and he was in friggin' agony when he did it. You know, because I don't know what he did this nerve thing, they say he couldn't feel his arm and I mean he's just not that guy. How many times did you see him? I saw this happen one night. He if you go back, they got waxed in Memphis towards the end of the season, but he had flipped over like a uh He ran for a loose ball and he flipped over a table and he landed like flat on his back, right, during that game. And the rest of that game, I kept telling my buddies, I'm like, this dude is hurt because he was coming up the court and he was like just throwing the ball to Brunson or whoever else. And he was just running off to the side, like to be a decoy. And you saw a lot of that in that last game. And I was like, bro, he never plays like this. He is the offense he is conducting this entire operation and when he's banged up that's when you know when he's not right he goes and just tries to play decoy and like doesn't want to really be part of the play but he knows he's such a threat they're guarding him out there so maybe it could create space for the others but I mean he has to be amazing Luca, but I, I take back completely what I said about the Clippers couldn't beat them uh, four out of the next five games. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a horrendous. I mean they Kawhi Leonard those games in Dallas he looked like the best player in the universe. I'm not yeah. kidding. He was fantastic. Find somebody that looked mm. better than he looked. Mm. He said, "What has he got? hundred and twenty something points in four <laughs> games? I mean, he's like snatching the ball. He's driving straight to the hole and freaking tomahawking. And he's, I don't, I don't know what the hell got into this dude, but he is going ballistic.
1: Kawhi looks in control yes. of everything that's happening on the court, everything that's happening, and." that is like the mark of a legend, right? The the guys who can do that. And that's the level he's playing at right now. And for this Clippers team and this Mavericks team being limited with Luca, we don't know what he's going to look like next game. And Chris Stapp's Porzingis as well. The lack of self-creation ability, like he, it, it, it hurts in situations like this. If you can't go to your other player, your other max player, your number two and get a bucket from him, that that's a problem to me, and and th- this is a situation where you could use him to have the ability to step up. So this Clippers team has a real opportunity right here to not just win, you know, four of the next five. They can win four straight. Like that very well could be a possibility here, um, with all these factors at play. Like the Mavs gonna have either KP get going, Luka be healthy, or another hot shooting night. Because this Clippers team with the level Kawhi is playing at, leading them. Phew, gonna be hard to stop them as well
2: well the first couple games the best player on the floor was luke a pretty wide margin yeah right and that has flipped and as has the series and also you know i'm not gonna let ty luke completely off the hook here because he did you know it it it, it took him it took him getting beat twice at home to to, to to wake up a little bit on some of these you know who i'm gonna roll with uh deal. Batum has been good for him. So I, I gotta give him credit on that for believing that that would be okay. Um, but you know, a lot more Rondo and virtually no Papev. I mean, Papev was just, he played five minutes yeah. in the last game. Right. And they're not running zoo bots out there trying to be big, <laughs> you know, cause that's not, that's not when they're at their best, a lot
1: more Terrence man. A lot more a lot, he, He's he's been terrific. Like that, like we got a lot wrong on Friday. Well, but we Ter- said Ter- that had- Terrence man is one thing. Like we, I think a lot of Clippers fans wanted to see, and it's and it's helping.
2: One of the things we fought about, and I do th- about this was, you know, look, it looked it looked clueless in those first two games. I'm not oh, yeah. gonna I'm, I'm not gonna apologize for saying that or or, or saying <laughs> yeah. he might be a bozo because he did bozo esque things. Um, they <laughs> he did in those first two <laughs> games. We said they have the goods. They've got the better team. I mean, they do. They've got the better roster. (laughs) They've got the better roster. It's just, why? Why is this happening? I mean, honestly, I feel that way. Um, I, I don't know if from top to bottom, the Lakers have the better roster, but even with what they do have, the fact that, you know, Andre Drummond plays over Mark Gasol will forever be the stupidest thing that I've ever seen in my life. It's just, it's just dumb. And it's insulting. And it's, it's, a, it's a pathetic thing to do to an all-time great like Mark Gasol. Andre Drummond. That's a disgrace. Andre Drummond and Mar- Marcus or Markeith Morris running around there like two oafs trying to find Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges. Um, again, they've got the goods. They've got guys on their team. Marcus Morris. Can do Whatever. Way. Who
1: cares? <laughs> just, just I can't to stand either of them. I couldn't help it. I don't, you know,
2: I don't care. <laughs> Leave that in. I, don't, I, I like that I mess them up. Because it doesn't matter to me. Six or one half dozen. They both annoy me. <laughs> oh, god! <gosh.
1: laughs>
2: but, but, I mean, those teams have the goods. They do. Some teams, you just sit there. Like, like we, we made the excuse for Terry Stotts. Who the hell you want him to put in, bro? Nurkic goes out of the game. What do you want him to do? You want to to put Derek Jones Jr. in?
0: Play center?
1: Not a fan of Harry Giles, Chris? I mean, no. I'm not. I, lo- I I wish Harry Giles, talking about injuries, I wish Harry Giles is oh, one of I those guys. Boy, I wish he could have stayed healthy, man. I wish he, you
2: would have been in my room tonight watching yeah. it's, it's Celtics Brooklyn. Well, maybe not, because it, it would have been a hard watch for you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when my son... That was a tough game to watch. When my son, with absolutely no context, okay? He doesn't know anything about... Is goofing on Jabari Parker, and I'm explaining to him how awesome. And I pull up on my phone Duke Jabari Parker (laughs) highlights. He goes, "That is not the same guy." I said, "Yes, it is." I said, "It is the same guy." I said, "He played (laughs) at Derrick Rose's high school. He won four state championships." I thought this guy was going to be a big star. He's like, he's like, he can he dunk? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't. It doesn't look like it. But he didn't. Hmm. He didn't. He knew nothing. He knew I nothing about him except he's watching TV and he's like, Is that Jabari Parker? And I'm like, dude, that's a dude, sad I, one to
1: watch. I hadn't thought about the experience of what that must be like, you oh. know, to be a kid who doesn't know about like how great no. of a prospect Jabari Parker seemed oh my to be. God. What a shocker. To, what a shocker to William, huh? Yeah, you know, look.
2: <laughs> well, no, he went through it at a very young age. What, I told, what a twist. I told that I told that story <laughs> years ago. You remember where the first time when we're playing basketball, and he's like, he's asking me about Fabi. And I said, yeah, we took him second. He's like, and he just wasn't any good. No, he's the worst basketball player ever. And he said, uh, well, who else was in that draft? And I was like, you know, Steph Curry, James Harden. You know. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, we could have had Steph Curry and James oh, Harden. I'm like, just shut up. Go inside. Talk to your go talk to your mother. We're not talking about this anymore. <laughs> end of discussion.
1: By the way, I have to say one other thing about Jabari Parker, though. Another guy, multiple torn ACLs. Oh, yeah. In his career, yep. he had a one great season in Milwaukee. Like it seemed like things were getting better for him. Maybe things would have been different if he stayed healthy too. You know, like a lot of careers are derailed because of injury, and whether it's like underperforming or what like it's disappointing that he also hasn't been able to stay out here because like Jabari Jabari was so fun oh. at Duke and like early in his career, he had some fun moments too. And it's just a shame like you didn't get to see more of those because I loved watching him, especially at Duke.
2: On that video, I showed him the number one highlight. He catches an alley. You past the side of the backboard <sighs> with one hand and finishes it in the air. And he goes, that was him? And I'm like, it's
1: yeah. a yeah. I mean, Once we sign out of this Zoom, I'm watching you
2: gotta, some Jabari. You watch yeah, tomorrow I'm, I'm tomorrow. watching some
1: Jabari. Yeah. Let's, just,
2: let's just act like we're frozen in time. I uh, loved him Google coming out of right college. <laughs> I did. I loved him coming uh, out of I, college. I
1: loved him so much. I, I think my top three that year before the Embiid injury was Embiid, Parker, Wiggins. Pretty sure that was the top three. So I, I was a Jabari guy in that draft. I loved him. W- Wiggins, Wiggins, as we know now, Chris, yeah, I know <laughs> the better player <laughs> as we know. Well, you, I know, I know, um, not in that, uh, playing game though, huh? Not, not that night.
2: You're not feeling great about the Mavs either, huh?
1: No, I'm not. We get a video coming out on Thursday for the void talking about, uh, Chris apps So we'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, man, I, I think with KP, he, he, the lack of self-creation is real concerning. If Luca is limited at all, like you got to have either Tim Hardaway go off, which he very well could, or or you got to have KP do something. Like he's got to have one of those big KP performances, like we saw his last season with the Knicks, and at times last year with the Dallas Mavericks. Like he's shown it. So let's see if he can bring it out. Let's see.
2: And beyond that, Luca, like he showed in the first two games, he's got to be the best player in the series. Does yeah. It- for them to win. That changed. Kawhi is the best player in the series. You know, we always say, if you've got the guy that can be the best player in the series, you got a chance. I mean, if Luca's the best player in the series, I don't think they're going to lose. You know, if Kawhi is the best player in the series, I don't think they're going to lose. And we saw the flip.
1: Yep, I'll t- I'm with you there, Chris. And one other thing that I think I was wrong about saying Clippers don't have heart you prove you have heart when you battle through a moment of adversity and the and the Clippers coming back, yep.
2: Well, look, especially when you said that the Lakers have cohesion.
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> hey, had cohesion.
2: they had cohesion and 11 points outside of LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from their starters
1: amen. that cohesion I'll t-
2: I'll t- really t- <laughs> well, went well for Dennis Schroeder yeah. they that all knew t- their role which just to suck
1: <laughs> and man, was, some, sometimes in the NBA talent <laughs> wins right <laughs> <laughs> the healthier team sometimes everybody's happy when
2: uh, what we learned is everybody is happy with their role when Anthony Davis is on the team yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do this That's and this funny. and this right uh, no. I can't wait for this to all to play Me out too. and, and And who knows? Hopefully we get a couple game sevens um, out of these series. We will for certain at least have a couple game sixes that we are going to get to see. Kevin, uh, it's been fun. Thank you to our executive producer, Sasha Eshel, as always.
1: And we will talk to you on Friday. Man, I'm looking forward to Friday's show, Chris. Have a fun week, everybody.
0: This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades, like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more.
2: or its affiliates.